A Tale of Two Cops In Pensacola, on October 3, 2009, 17-year-old Victor Steen was riding his bike home from a friend's house. It was after midnight, and the boy made the mistake of riding his bike past an empty construction site, which caught the eye of Officer Gerald Ard. Ard's version was that Victor stopped and appeared suspicious. Ard believed the 17-year-old was possibly stealing materials from the site. Try not to think about what materials at a construction site could be stolen and transported by a kid on a bike. This was enough for Ard to order Victor to stop for an interrogation, which caused Victor to flee. There were later reports that the tire tracks of the bike never stopped. As someone who's been on various sides of police treatment in Florida, it's easy to understand why a young black man in Pensacola would be afraid of the police and run even if he was doing nothing wrong, which appeared to be the case. As Victor fled, Ard pursued with lights on but no siren, an illegal practice at the time. In the dashcam footage, you can see Ard cutting off traffic, endangering other drivers by driving in the wrong lanes, and you can hear him recklessly shooting a taser out of his window several times. Ard blindly turned into a bank parking lot that Victor rode into and then drove over Victor, who was near a curb. In the video, you can hear Ard expressing an oh-shit moment, but not much empathy for the boy he curb-stomped with his car. This happened across the street from a small vegan venue named Sluggo's, known for its diverse crowd of misfits and excellent punk and alternative shows. It was one of my favorite haunts, but I wasn't present this night. Several people gathered outside the venue saw what went down and reported that an ambulance, fire truck, and several police vehicles remained gathered around the scene for hours. It looked much more suspicious than a boy riding his bike. The people who saw what happened started making noise and speaking out. Several gave statements. Community outrage grew and protests were organized. After several days of silence about what went down, new reports came from the police that Victor was carrying a gun, despite his family saying they didn't own any firearms. Let me tell you how well cops plant guns on people where I come from. The gun had no fingerprints, and there were bullets of a different caliber in a separate pocket of Victor's, also with no fingerprints. This detail would mysteriously disappear from the history of this murder. People grew more outraged, and we organized protests. I still had the signs from the sign-making group I hosted at my old place up until 2015. I spoke with Victor's mother and other family members. Do you want to know why you don't always hear from family members of victims of police brutality? Because the PPD was stalking them, threatening them daily by tailgating them, showing up at their places of employment, and camping outside their homes to intimidate them. His mother was in danger of losing one or more of her three jobs she had to work to support her family because they were tired of the side effects of employing the mother of a victim of a police murder. This has happened with other activists I've known in Pensacola, too. Shit, this is a place that kills county commissioners, but that's another story for another time. As the weeks went on, people grew quieter. A trial eventually happened, and many of those outspoken people from Sluggos refused to testify about what they saw or change their stories. It was widely believed they too were intimidated by police. The usual citizens tried to paint Victor as a thug. It came out that he had been working on a gospel song with his best friend before taking the usual bike ride home. 
The Fraternal Order of Police heavily backed Ard, who received paid time off after his crime. During the trial, people seemed more concerned about protocol violations Ard committed than the murder of an unarmed boy. As a result of the trial, PPD created a policy that prohibited tasers from being shot out of moving vehicles, because it was the tasers that were the problem, obviously. Later, the city would settle with Victor's mother for the paltry sum of $250,000. Years later, Ard would commit suicide. This event catalyzed my activism about police brutality and also put in perspective how dangerous it is to stand up to the police. It has to be people with the privilege to take the heat who are the loudest voices, otherwise the police will crush individuals pushing back. I'll never forget those feelings of futility and indignation when speaking with Victor's family. I wondered if there would ever be a time when people believed what the police were capable of, and how the violence of systemic racism snuffs out the lives of so many black people without a second thought. This 17-year-old kid was just like any other 17-year-old in Pensacola, watching football, playing gospel music, and riding his bike. One year earlier, an 18-year-old me was driving home with my boyfriend from dinner. I got into a severe accident that required ambulance transportation to the hospital. I was unconscious for a while and then very hazy. When the officer asked me while I was in this state on the stretcher if I had anything to drink, I was honest that I had one sip of my of-age boyfriend's beer at dinner. This detail was left out of the police report by the officer because I had, quote, told the truth. And the officer even expressed sympathy for me and gave me his info if I needed help later. I wasn't impaired but the accident was technically my fault. When I was clearing out old documents in a move years later, I came across that police report. The officer's name on it was Gerald Ard, the same one who killed Victor Steen. There's no way to get some people to believe how disproportionate police are in their application of the law. I have other stories of more hostile police encounters, and let me tell you, my white skin has protected me from the police in various situations that others would have been killed in. The same officer who overlooked my misstep killed a boy younger than me for doing less. For doing absolutely nothing, really. We have to weaponize our white privilege to protect others who will be targets of police violence. I can't bring Victor or Ahmaud Arbery or Sandra Bland back, and none of them deserve to die for doing normal things while having the wrong color skin. It's been long past the time white people stopped demanding more from people of color to stand up to the police. It has to be whites shielding their non-white neighbors from violence. It has to be whites shaming other white people who use their status against people of color and physically stopping other whites from using cops as their personal dispute resolution murder robots because they're too chicken shit to have a human conversation. It's not 2009 anymore where a story like Victor's can be covered up and tossed in the garbage. Be angry. Use that anger to demand better conditions and to stand up to cops for the people who can't. Rest in power to the many Victor Steens, each with their own unique stories and potential, snuffed out far too soon by police violence. Black Lives Matter.